Hey, this is Leah of Leah Bernard Wellness. Welcome to Soul Care Sessions, a space where we connect and unwind to renew our inner being with mind, body, and soul connections, to bring greater awareness of our higher selves and God for healing and complete wellness. Hello, everyone. This is Leah Bernard, and welcome to Soul Care Sessions. Today's session will be focused on money and mindfulness. Ideally, we want to just dig deep into healing financial traumas. During these unprecedented times, it's really important for us to reflect on the stress that comes along with the economic breakdown that is going on in the world today. And so I have joining me my own personal money coach, (laughs) my near and dear sister friend, boss babe, Dr. Nicole Garner-Scott. Nicole and I um, love talking about food and family, but we really get hype when we talk about money. (laughs) So Nicole, (laughs) how are you today? I'm good. I'm good, Leah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's my pleasure. I want to make sure that you share with my listeners why you are the dopest, my favorite, one and only money coach. (laughs) Share a little bit about what you do, Nicole, and who you are. Sure, sure. So, well, first and foremost, not only thank you for having me on, but thank you for doing this. I feel like um, we can't have enough of these types of conversations and our community needs this. They, they need what you're putting out here. So um, thank you for answering the call first thank and you. foremost. Um, just to give you a little more insight to who I am, I'm Dr. Nicole Garner-Scott. I am a serial entrepreneur. I um, have two businesses actually, and a whole bunch of projects and other things. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Such a creative. <laughs> yes, yes. I have... Um, been an entrepreneur for 15 years now. Um, my initial business uh, is the Garner Circle PR. And I focus with that business on um, crisis communications, um, diversity and inclusion initiatives and counsel, and um, just making sure that our communities are seen and heard um, uh, in, in as many ways as possible and marketing campaigns and um other initiatives and things of that nature. So that is that business. And then I have my baby, which I started a few years ago, ago called Amount Financial. And through Amount Financial, I do money coaching. And um, the the focus, the prime focus is to make sure that um, communities of color or communities that are often forgot about in the money conversations have a chance for um, education and exposure in regards to building um, long-term assets so they can create generational wealth and really preserve and pass down their legacies. So wow. yeah, that's, that is my passion. And um, that is the area that I feel like I'll be able to really leave impact in and walk in my purpose. I love that. Yeah. I know that um, I am like a sponge when I'm with you because I'm, I hadn't in the past been well-versed with money matters. And so, you know, now in my marriage, we have all these talks about things that we want to do to just make the best decisions for our future. And you always put me up on game. And I I mean, you're just a wealth of information. So today, when we talk about um, soul care, when it comes to money, and healing financial trauma, I think it was like a year ago, when you introduced me to the concept of financial trauma. And I was like, that's Mm -hmm. a real thing. Like, wow, Mm -hmm. what is that really about? Mm -hmm. Um, And you were telling me and I'm just like still in awe and and trying to work it out for myself and make sure that that doesn't hinder me manifesting and building wealth for myself. So can you tell the listeners um, a little bit about what financial trauma looks like? Where does it come from? Yeah. So Financial trauma is something that our community, we experience a lot, but no one talks about it, right? It's, um, it drives a lot of people to places of depression and despair, and it's become so normalized. It's been normalized generationally. It's been passed down from generation to generation. It's been normalized uh, because it's been so left in the dark. So, 
I'm really glad we're having this discussion because we have to make these type of talks more uh, more in the forefront. We have to normalize these types of conversations. And so um, when it comes to financial trauma, it, it could come from a multitude of places, but it usually comes when you have you go for an extended amount of time uh, with with a money issue, either that's from lack thereof or some large level of distress associated with money. So if you um, you know were evicted, experienced a foreclosure, um, lost a job, um, uh, wasn't able to make a large milestone in your life because of lack of money, um, you know wasn't able to do something that you you highly valued uh, because of lack of money, those type of things start to implement and manifest into your into your life as financial traumas. And over time, and it can even stem from your childhood too, just things that happen in your, in your childhood. If you grew up in a, in a home where you didn't know if you were going to come home and the lights would be on or, mm. you know, bills weren't paid until after they were due and you started to see that as a norm or, you know, just a multitude of ways. And, and it can turn into a level of PTSD. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. And um, many of the things that when you, when you think of PTSD, you think of a lot of things that come to mind and you think of, you know, certain areas of life where people talk about it more, but financial PTSD is a very real thing and it, and it plagues so many of us. Wow. And I remember um, when you first mentioned it, you were telling me things like people who grow up like in our culture, I love relate, you know, tying it into the culture and what what's familiar to us. Like, you know, the thought of I think you were saying how if your grandma is like, oh, money is evil, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and mm-hmm. you were you were talk a little bit about that because we can relate to that stuff where we hear it, even if it's not our personal grandma. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go into that. But I want to start first with. um some of the ways you can recognize you're even dealing with financial trauma. So um, because there, because it's not discussed a lot because it's not on the mind of many of us, many people don't know how to recognize it. So as you're listening to this podcast, you know, whether you're in a bed, you're driving in your car, um, you have to go to work or, or whatever that is when you're listening to this, I just want you to nod your head. Nobody can see you, but I want you to nod your head if you go if you have gone through some of these things, um, and then you can know if you know financial trauma has affected you. Because the first first step in this process is just being aware, being aware that the trauma exists. Yeah. So I would say some ways is, um, you know, if you are your ability to concentrate is short circuited. So. Um, when you are under an inordinate amount of stress, when you are in fight or flight mode, when you are um, pushed all the way to the, to the edge, your circuit uh, will short circuit very quickly. Mm. And um, you just feel like, you know, you know how chicken little used to run around, like the sky is falling, the sky is falling. That's all because the, the trigger was short, right? <laughs> like the, the fuse was so small that, of course, it was it was uh, ultimate doom on the way. And so if you find yourself, you know, if you have a flat tire and all you spiral all the way to that being the worst possible scenario, like, mm. I, you know, just got a flat tire. Now I'm going to be late from work. Now I'm going to lose my job. Then I'm going to lose my house. Then, you know, when all those when it compounds and compounds. Um, and your mind circles that fast, that's that's a way of kind of knowing you have financial PTSD or um, if you are in a place where you're very hostile, you know, because because you're so on edge, you're not sleeping well because you're worried about money. You're not taking care of yourself because you're worried about money. Um, you're finding no enjoyment in life because you're worried about money is making you very hostile. So, you know, you're your child says, Hey mom, can I borrow $10? And you lose it. You flip mm. like $10. Why don't you go get a job? And do you know what blah, blah, blah. And get out of my face asking me for this. Like you just go yeah. to level 10, um, which, which with my clients, I'm starting to see a lot of that on my money coaching side. Um, just, you know, people's, people's hostility, you know, and you can see it up and down your social media thread. Like you mm-hmm. can see it 
you know, people are in a space of everything is offending them and everything is um, causing them to be like in a, in a spirit of attack and clap back. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm always saying, remember to give people grace because they're facing financial situations that they may not have faced before. You yes. know, there is someone in the home has possibly uh, lost a job. Um, some people have never been in this space before. I, I look at when I was younger, I didn't see it as a blessing, but I look at it as a blessing. Now I come from very humble beginnings, right? I didn't come from a very wealthy family. And so I've cycled in and out throughout my life of being on a, a space that is of lack and mm-hmm. a space that is doing well. Mm-hmm. And so because I've been in the space of lack before, it doesn't scare me or I know how to operate in that space and, and turn things back around. Yes. Um, but for, for many people and for some of my clients, this is their very first time dealing with this. They, they came out of college with great jobs, started off at six figures, you know, had the, all these different things in place. And this is the first time because of the pandemic that they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And um, it is causing a level of anxiety and hostility that, has to be identified like you have to keep it real with yourself yeah and then lastly I would say if you're starting to build toxic um coping mechanisms right so I was reading where it talked about the level of of alcohol dependency has skyrocketed in the last couple of months just due to the pandemic but if you find yourself you know um starting to get into toxic behavior or operating in avoidance, right? Like you don't want to deal with anyone because of the fear of money. Like you don't want to answer the phone because you feel like somebody's going to ask for money. You don't want to be around people because you owe them money. You don't want to deal with family members because they're going to, um, you know, ask for more money or or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. You are putting yourself in solitude because the, the mere thought of finances just, is something you can't even deal with. So those are some different ways that you kind of know your financial trauma has has cycled you into uh, a money level of PTSD. Wow, 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 wow. Yes, and I think that it's really important for people to understand that um, this is a real thing. This is not just, you know, I am angry or I'm tired. It's like trauma can come in so many forms. And I know some of my clients, now that I'm listening to you, some of their financial traumas came from like divorce where mm-hmm. they were living a certain lifestyle and mm-hmm. everything is just, it just shifts, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it affects, shifts quickly. Yes. And mm-hmm. so they don't realize that, you know, when you look at the umbrella of something, so the umbrella of we're in a world pandemic, well, that adds things like financial trauma or I have a divorce. And so now that adds to things under there like financial trauma. So this is really um, helpful. And like I said, I was so in awe of hearing how many of us are probably have or currently dealing with financial trauma and would not have ever labeled it as that. It's disguised as to many of us, it's disguised as so many other things. But many of those other things are, are symptoms of it. Right. And so, you know, you might be mad at the purchase, right? Like you're, you, you might start off talking to me about how you're mad about this car or you have immediate buyer's remorse, or, you know, you thought this car was going to make you so much happier and blah, blah, blah. And it really boils down to, there was a deeper void there. And so to, to hop back onto your question earlier, a lot of our financial traumas are developed in our childhood, right? And so a lot of decisions we're making in our adulthood are things that we're trying to write that inner child inside of us. So um, if, if, you know, you, you have a, a strained relationship with your father and basically he was never there, but he always bought you things. Mm. Then you were told that the exchange of money was showing love. And so now in your adult age, you're an overgiver. You give big presents. You never make it to anyone's stuff. 
You know, you never make it to their graduations. You never make it to their birthdays, but you send these big lavish gifts that are like costing you additional 10 and $20,000 a year um, because you have determined that is what love is uh, Mm -hmm. because that's how you were taught. Or um, you might have been taught from like your grandmother or your great grandmother that money is evil, right? And so you have, so anytime you even get close to getting money, um, you self-sabotage it because deep down inside you feel like I'm not supposed to really flourish in that because it's evil. Yeah. But the, but the thing of the nature is money itself is, is, is energy, right? Currency mm-hmm. is energy. Money itself is not evil. Now there's evil people who get money and money can fund their evilness, right? <laughs> but... <laughs> But it's not in itself. You're given the tool. It's just a tool. You're giving it too much power to attach it to a, a dynamic like that. So, you know, even coming to peace with that and then coming to peace with needing resources to show up and serve on this earth as much as possible when it comes to you know, you being able to to walk in your purpose or, or do the things that you're supposed to do, it has to be funded, right? And yeah. and me and you talk about this all the time because you operate in um in your gifts. You operate mm-hmm. from yoga and you operate from soul offering soul care and, and dealing with people from a coaching perspective. And you know, there's there's people who feel who feel nervous about um asking for money in exchange for that. But that is part of that cycle of, of, of financial abundance, right? Like you you have to be able to, um, get paid for your gifts. You have to be able to bring money into your life so that you can sow back into the world. And, you know, I always tell people, you cannot be the light in this world that you were called to be if you can't afford to pay the light bill, girl, right? say that again. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, c- coming to terms and blocking out, you know, that trauma of, of money being evil. And I even have some clients who their parents are immigrants, right? And mm-hmm. so from, from birth, they were told, you take care of the rest of, the rest of your family. But there's no boundaries in place. There are no things in place to um, help that person still be able to move forward and have a healthy relationship with the family dynamic. And so many of those clients, you know, I'm helping them with survivor's remorse. Like they're the first person in their family to make six figures. So the entire family looks at them like a bank. Like everyone's calling from their nieces and nephews to their cousins, to their siblings, to everyone's like, Hey, I need money and you have it. And so, you know, it puts them at at this real um, toxic relationship and separation from their family because it's, you know, it's like, man, I can't fund the whole family. Right. We're all going to sink, you know? And so those are just, just some things to help people through that. Oh, that is so awesome. I mean, I'm praying that this is going to bless people because, you know, like I said, you and I have had this discussion a year ago, but still just hearing more and more about it is even more enlightening, you know, and helping me in areas that I can help my clients. Because I remember reading the book, The, the Laws of Divine Compensation, and kind of letting mm-hmm. that help me put um, a monetary value on the energy and the transference of my gift to others. And because I shifted my mindset, now I have, you know, all of these clients who really value my perspective and they'll say things like, I mean, not just my perspective, but my, and they'll say, Oh, we went over today, send another invoice. And I'm like, well, all right now, Mm -hmm. this is the kind of energy I'm putting out. So it's the type of clients who will value that in turn. Mm-hmm. So I think that I'm, it's important for us to shift our mindset to attract that back. I wanted to to piggyback on what you were saying because that's that's just so true. Like a lot of, of of what I talk about is is money being energy and putting yourself in a in a space of abundance mindset. I have a book coming out in the fall that yes. is talking about making room for wealth and mm-hmm. um, creating that space in your life for wealth to even to live. And 
a big part of that is becoming very clear on what your traumas are, right? Like I had to become very clear on some of my traumas. Mm-hmm. I grew up very frugal and I just thought that was the smarter way to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I, you know, I cut corners and got the cheapest things. And, you know, that was just just how I was brought up. Like it, it was like you're beating the system. You're getting, mm-hmm. you know, the most out of it. And I remember when I was in college, one of my financial mentors, once I really started to understand I had a lack of money knowledge and a lack of money languages, mm-hmm. I had a I started to attach myself to financial mentors and I had one that was like, okay, sit down and I want you to figure out how much this really cost you. Right. Cause I was at the point of being in college and I was, you know, the, my habits were using toothpaste all the way to the end and then rolling it up to try to get the last bit of toothpaste out. Yes. <laughs> Putting the littlest amount of gas in my car. Like, yeah. like I wasn't going to need more or somehow that was going to save me money. I mean, just a lot of bad, <laughs> a lot of we bad all have um, them in habits. Some way. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was like, you know, you have this lemon car that you paid this small amount of money for, but you've had to get it fixed so many times. Mm. How much, how much did this car really cost you? Preach, I added girl. up the numbers and she was like, you could have got a new car for that. Yeah. And I was like, this is true. And, um, you know, buying cheap clothes. She was like, you only, by the time you put it in the washing machine, they start to unravel the seams, mm-hmm. you know, coming loose. You only get one or two wears out of it. So how much did that really cost you? Too and much. that's when I was into wearing my, you know, my, my long, my long hair, my long hair don't care. And, <laughs> you know, she was like, if you if you purchase a cheaper grade of hair, you get one or two usages usages out of it. You have to keep buying it. How much is that really costing? Mm. And so, um, I mean, it just opened my mind to me understanding that. And then I had to do, dig deeper and figure out why. What It was a fear of spending. It was like if I overspend, then I didn't have the belief that more would come. Mm. So I had to even even get into the mindset of, you know, we we both strongly believe in affirmations and, yes. and, and, and mantras and and praying with your eyes open, not just yes. living in the prayer in the moment, but but living the prayer. And I had to Love believe it. that money would be available to me when I need it. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. that was something I started saying. Money will be available to me when I need it. I have an endless supply and an endless yes. source. I say money and, comes to me quickly and easily. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. And but you can't just say it. Right. You got to believe it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, once once I started getting into that and not operating in fear, then that frugality that that didn't serve me. I was able to move past that. But it, it started with recognizing the behavior um, and, and many of us have all different types of behavior right is uh-huh. i mean some some of it is 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 put in place from system, systematic oppression right Absolutely. like some some has nothing to even do with <clears throat> what happened you know in our own experiences it's it's the it's the ecosystem we're a part of um that has some of that in place and then you know, there's there's other parts and your parents pass down their their financial energy and, and wounds to you yes. and just just a lot of different things. So that so I want us to really move past being ashamed of that, like carrying yeah. money shame and, and recognizing e- even as amazing as people make it look on Instagram and as amazing that as they make life look on these social media platforms, everyone has gone through something. Absolutely. So the the point isn't to to live in shame because that shame adds to adds to the trauma. That shame keeps you um, in that darkness. But mm-hmm. is to is to get into a space of let me just face it. Let me face it and let me start to deal with it and let me dig into it. And you're and I'm not gonna give you the impression that you'll eliminate your your triggers like that they won't occur anymore but mm-hmm. you'll have more healthier ways of how to deal with it you know yes. if your if you, your parents are calling you asking you for money and you have already figured out how you're going to deal with it you already have you know you got to take your moment and breathe you have to take your moment and step out of it and not realize that they only want you for your money that they they're humans too and they have their own issues that they bring to it um, you already have your script in your head of what you're going to say you know whether it's you know we've determined that Right now, all I could do is five hundred dollars a quarter, 
yeah. in regards to helping you guys out. You guys have reached that that amount, and that is all I have to give. Or you know, whatever that is, you have those those that toolkit that's in yeah. place to help you deal with those financial traumas, and then you're you're able to get through them with with light at the end of, instead of being in despair. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, the coping mechanisms are really important. And I think the number one thing for the mental health aspect and the healing aspect is to recognize the why, like you said, Mm -hmm. the healing is in the why. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I overspend, I overcompensate. Or for me, my suffering was going through the scarcity mindset, no matter how Mm -hmm. much I prayed and my husband, like I got it, I constantly was operating as if what if it doesn't what if there's not more in enough time for whatever? Mm-hmm. And the moment I worked on that energetically through mindfulness and breath work and healing anxiety and traumas from the past and financial trauma, I remember the year that I had the breakthrough. <laughs> I was able to go to four countries in one year for mm-hmm. vacation. And mind you, I mean, it was like for me to even get to California for my family was always like a major deal of budgeting and what should I give up or should we or shouldn't we? And I remember that breakthrough and God was just sending it to me and financing the trips. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. when it was beyond affirmations and vision boards. And I realized mm-hmm. this is energetic principles. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It was everything. And now what I try to do is even when I feel the scarcity mindset coming, like hitting the crisis with this pandemic and how it affects our business, I was like, I don't care. I'm going to sow seeds into others. I'm going to give as like it's not affecting me because somebody is doing worse than I am right now. And so that's a muscle. It's a Mm -hmm. it's an abundance muscle. It's a blessing muscle that you build up. And so a lot of people, you know, have been groomed to believe that you only have so much. And so when you start giving it away, it takes from the wholeness of your pot. Mm. But that's not how it works. It's, no. it's a muscle you keep building. So if I give to you, I just strengthen my muscle. Yep. If I give some to someone else, I just strengthen that that muscle. And then you're bringing, bringing it back in 10 times fold. Yeah. If you want abundance in your life, if you want financial prosperity in your life, you have to be that for other people. Um, and that's, and that's how you I- increase in that space. And it's very so, spiritual. God will guide mm-hmm. me who I should give to. It'll just pop up. And sometimes you'll know it's God because of, you know, (laughs) the situation that he'll put you in to have it at a time that they need it or the person that he's having you give it to could be Mm -hmm. someone you haven't even really seen in a while and your heart calls and to that person. And so when we stay tapped in and tuned in mindfully, which is mindfulness Mm -hmm. is just the art of paying attention, paying Mm. attention to what I believe about the money and how I'm Mm -hmm. behaving, um, and, you know, some of the things I did was take jobs that was really beneath my skill set and privilege. And I was mm-hmm. miserable and I was going into it under trauma, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so you can't even get whatever that you're even operating that way. And so I thank God for all of those experiences. I would do them all over again. That's how I know I'm healing because they weren't yeah. they were not fun at all. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, Wow. What, what we get out of it, right, Nicole, is so priceless. Hi, this segment is sponsored by Brother Junior Creative Agency. Brother Junior offers dope branding kits, custom web designs, and amazing photography. Right now, you can take advantage of his virtual FaceTime photo shoots for your headshots or any other personal or professional photography needs. Contact Brother Junior at info at brotherjunior.com or follow him on Instagram at B-R-J-R-C-A. And um, just like you said, with mindfulness, paying attention, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's paying attention. And so many of us operate in our money with a lack of attention. Like we put attention into so many other areas. We put attention into our bodies. We put attention into our careers. We put attention into... Uh, pleasing other people, all these different things, but our money, we, you know, we quickly say, I'm not a numbers person or my accountant will deal with that. Or, you know, this will just happen or money will miraculously keep doing what it needs to do. But if you really take time and look at 
where you're really spending, right? Where, where are you prioritizing your spend? And then ask yourself why you'll get to um, the root of so many things in that space. So if you, you look at your budget right now, you realize last month you spent an inordinate amount on Uber Eats or, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you have so many Amazon packages arriving yes. at your, <laughs> at your, again. your doorway, <laughs> you know, and, and so you, so first you recognize that you, you see those areas of where that trauma is starting to manifest. Then, then you go back and figure out why, Yeah. right? What, what is driving that? Like, why, why did you order so much from Uber Eats? What made you not want to cook during that time? And it could could be the fear of what's going on. It could be, you know, um, you telling yourself what you deserve. Mm. It could be, you know, all these different things. And and what I tell people is it's always a good time to rewire and redefine what it is that you deserve. Mm. You know, many times in our first sessions with with our uh, money coaching clients, They'll be like, you know, you, we'll see large areas of distress, right? Where they have, you know, taken these large trips that that put horrible dents into their finances. You know, they decide to go to Greece and then Dubai and then uh, South Africa. And then, I mean, just all these different things. And, yes. and they come back and it's they're facing despair. I, mm. You just traveled the world and you, ca- you came back and now your lights are off. Or, you know, you're you're. Look, you're facing eviction or you're facing, um, you know, repossession of your car. Mm-hmm. And it's it's because of how you internalize what you deserve. You, you felt like life was beating you up. You felt like there was so much going on and you felt like I need to to give this to myself. But if we can start to rewire what you deserve and change that that instant gratification into yes. I deserve to you know, retire with ease and not have to ask my children for money or I deserve to not have nightmares every night worried about, um, you know, if my bills will be covered or I deserve to um, have multiple streams of of income so that, you know, this this pandemic and this economy has no hold on me. If you if you start to rewire what it is that you deserve, then you're able to have more money peace you know have more financial peace oh my gosh and some of the things that I've gotten from coaching with you you know has helped me in this time where people are facing really um big fears about what if something what if my my mate you know succumbs to this virus you know or if Mm -hmm. one of us lose our job and one of the things that you know I feel like gives me a little bit of peace and Larry and I intent we're intentional about it. And we talk about it is if something happens to one of us, we have to have a will life insurance, a savings account. And so that takes away some of the stress in these times when you have some financial peace, any little bit you can get, you know? And so you always keep me, you know, grounded on the fundamentals. Some of it is fundamentals, but we are not, um, encouraged to say hey increase your your life insurance add more to your savings we're just trying to make it especially in times like this Mm -hmm. so I'm grateful to you for those tools that I learned um can you share the name the money club that I'm in with the Mount Financial you um, you do a money map and um those things are fun your services has helped me um feel like it's uh it's it's fun and it's empowering it doesn't feel like a burden you know money talks mm-hmm. in the black community and the culture especially with limited resources mm-hmm. it's such a dreaded conversation and so well you, you know a lot of that, that a lot of that was passed down too not to yes. not to be in somebody else's pocket not to worry mm-hmm. about what somebody else has in their purse and so one big thing that I'm really passionate about is just uh, making the talks of, of money more common. Yes. Right. Like it, it, it shouldn't be two of us working at the same job, two black women, both, both coming with all the credentials and you're getting paid 15,000 more than me a year, all mm. because we didn't have a conversation or mm. I purchased a house, you purchased a house. We're in the same neighborhood. You were able to get, you know, uh, negotiate 20,000 less, because you had a, a, a amazing real estate agent and I just had a, you know, someone I just found online. Mm. Why didn't, you know, why aren't we having these talks with each other to help each other level up? And even 
like with what's going on now with the, um, you know, the, the loans, the grants, the, the things that are being offered to our communities, are, are we talking, are we telling each other like, hey, you know, do you have a, a good accountant that's helping you with that? No, you don't. Okay, cool. You can come. Here goes my accountant. Here's her information. Uh-huh. Call her. You know, she will get you together. She will get uh-huh. you right. Do you have a money coach that's helping you with this? I wouldn't I wouldn't do this alone. Yeah. One of the big things that we have, you know, just in, in Amount Financial is just a network of, of, of what we call your money team. You know, yeah. great accountants, great um, investment professionals, great uh, CPAs, just you know, a, a ton of uh, resources, life, uh, real estate agents, et cetera, that can help, you know, along with our money coaching, because we lay out the plan for you. And then we help align you with professionals that specialize in those different areas. So that's one big thing, not thinking you can do all of this by yourself. There's so many different levels of money. There's so many different languages of money that everyone has not been exposed to. And, and a lot of that has even been on purpose. So you want to, you know, have those professionals around you that can, you know, help you get to that place there. There's opportunities to make money that, you know, some of us don't even know about. That's 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 also a reason I I was so passionate about um, getting into the financial space, because a lot of uh, financial planners won't even meet with you unless you're at like the high six figure or seven figure mark and above. Yeah. But most of America needs wealth planners or, or advice on how to manage their finances and can't even get in the door of people to give them that advice. Wow. Um, and, and then also too, I noticed that there's a lot of people who um, have a lot of internal biases in, in the space too. They, they, you walk into their door, like you and your husband walk into the door and they say, okay, um, young black woman, black man, they're probably going to be, um, you know, conservative risk. They're, they're, they're going to have all these assumptions about what you will and what you won't do with your money. Absolutely. And they're going to give you the advice based on that instead of listening to what it is that you really want to do and what type of legacy you're trying to really build. Um, so we do a so we we incorporate a lot of cultural sensitivities into the things that we offer. I love um, that. And you service all um, income levels. You know, yeah. The all- money mapping was totally inexpensive and amazingly impactful and helpful. Um, mm-hmm. The monthly subscription for the um, amount financial services, so you can pay monthly for these services. So it was yeah. a lot. That you yeah, we have a, a big part of it is um, our, our one-on-one coaching, our wealth building accelerator. And um, we just help you plan out your, your financial plan. And so what is really important about that is what I noticed that um, a lot of individuals, especially right now, they have retreated to being in survival mode, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're, in, when you're in survival mode, you're operating in, in a traumatized state. You can only see what's ahead of you. And sometimes mm. you need someone else on your team who's reminding you that we got to still worry about 10, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, and not let you um, get lost in, in what's happening right now. So, um, you know, really helping you plan for your future is big. And then we have our um, Commonwealth membership. Yeah. And so this this one's really important because you want to surround yourself around wealth positive people. Mm. Right. You want to have a, a best financial friend. You want to yes. have people where if you're like you paid off your house, they're like, yes, girl. Yes, you paid <laughs> off your house. Not like so you paid off your house. And can you mm-hmm. come pay off mine? Mm. You know, yeah. <laughs> you want to have nice. people. Who, yeah, must be. I mean, yeah, must be nice. I need some money. Um <laughs> You want to make sure you're surrounding yourself around that. So we have courses and classes and challenges and just a, a, a safe space for people to talk about, you know, all the different questions. I mean, there's so many trendy things that happen in finances. And so they can come into that space and say, hey, you know, everybody's telling me I need to invest in this. What are your thoughts? And it's like, hey, let's let's evaluate that. Let's bring in a professional mm-hmm. to talk about it. So you aren't just jumping on a trend and throwing money you know, down the drain without any knowledge to support that decision. So, yeah, those are some of the things that we that we offer. Yeah, it's been um, super helpful in 
helping build the wealth muscle. <laughs> so I'm grateful to be a part of your, you know, team and as a client and just the support that you always give me to think in abundance and put it in motion. So I'm super grateful for that. It's been a huge breakthrough for me um, in having that support. And that is a major part of soul care is healing Mm -hmm. our financial trauma. We can do all the vision boards we want, honey. We can say all the affirmations we want, but the healing is in the why. And so Mm -hmm. that's a lot of what I do in the soul care sessions is the coaching on the whys of our life and moving it energetically. A lot of times you can go to therapy and you can talk to people in your life who are well-versed, but the best thing I learned as a black yogi is to really just ah, let go and let whatever Mm -hmm. comes up, come up and look at it with compassion, like you said, and just really seek the support. We have so much healing in our community. And that's what we talked about on my last segment is that as people of color, man, we are naturally healers. We have, we all come to the table with dope skill sets mm-hmm. that can empower mm-hmm. us. We are such amazing people at entrepreneurship and, and rebuilding. We, we have the gift of um, coming up over and over again through hardships. Mm-hmm. And so um, for all of the listeners out there, Nicole has given a plethora of resources that she alone offers in a way that is creative compassionate and fun and so everything Mm -hmm. is customized to whatever it is you're going through and whatever feel good for you as well as giving you resources like Nicole and referring my clients out to amazing culturally competent black therapists um, for the things that's outside of my scope of practice and so right now in this season I'm just sharing the blessings that are there so we can stay focused on all that is working for us and all that will be and so, um, Nicole, thank you. And also, I ask every guest, and so I definitely want to hear from you, what does soul care look like in your life? Really surrounding myself, really having a good sister tribe has mm. been very important for me. You know, a, a lot of us where the, the mother had, the wife had, the business owner had, the, you know, all these other hats, and it feels so good and refreshing and soul charging just to remove it all and just be a, a woman like yes. the, the times where we could just get together and just eat yeah. and just eat talk random yeah <laughs> randomly and just you know let it all flow out and with no judgment is mm-hmm. is um definitely soul care for me um uh for me also sleep is is very important i'm prioritizing mm. sleep a lot more uh in this stage of my life like to to really show up the way i need to um, I do myself a disservice when I'm tired. Like I, I can't mm-hmm. perform as well as I need to when, you know, be so I subscribe to the nap ministry very heavily. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, I go, I go to the church of naps once daily. Yes. Uh, I put it on my calendar. You know, people know people will be like, can we meet at two? And I'll be like, I already have a two o'clock. I and that is, that is me and that is and that is a nap time so I can recharge and, and give the second half of my day Dope. the same energy I gave the first half of my day. Yes. Um seeing nature, you know, being in nature. Uh mm. my son is is two years old, so he sees everything as as if it was the first time. Like he just Aww. gets so excited about things and uh that's it's just so refreshing. Today um me and my husband uh, took a walk and there was a lime tree and he pulled off a lime and gave it to my son. And my son was like, Oh wow. Yay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we were both cracking up like, wow, I can't believe something so small and simple gave him so much joy. Yeah. And it's just a reminder to that is, it is so much joy in those things. Right. And yes. Like he'll look up at the clouds and be like, oh, wow, look at the clouds. And I'll look up like the clouds, like they really are beautiful, though. Mm. Like I've been running fast for the last couple of decades. I haven't even taken the time to look up and and realize how beautiful it was. And so, you know, he's he's been very, you know, they always say that your your children are your best teachers. He's been very. restorative in helping me to see these things from that level again and um 
Yeah, those are, I mean, those, and then of course your soul care packages. I, I there, there comes moments where I'm, I feel like I'm running on empty and that's when, you know, I'm like, hey, I need to go ahead and set up my appointment. And, yes. Um, I removed that, that superwoman cape a long time ago. I, I, you know, Beyonce made a great statement when she was like, it just no longer serves me to, mm. to give all of myself away. Ooh. And, um, when I noticed myself getting low, you know, being able to, to tap into like your soul, your soul care, um, expertise and, you know, say, and being able to admit to myself, you know, that, that, took growth too because yeah I used to just think you just keep going like you just keep going and and that's what you learned that was the behavior that was passed down generationally and um that that mindset no longer serves me if I feel myself getting low then I need to go take take a moment and and replenish so I could continue um serving in my purpose so that's beautiful Nicole and I girl you know I know we've talked about that that that's what led me into the soul care journey, um, fulfilling a need, healing myself and then fulfilling a need for others because that giving, you know, that running on empty, you know, I, I was doing that just just out of habit, you know, and obligation and, and, and just um, just toxic things that I needed to unlearn in the way that I was loving myself, because I remember Mm -hmm. just one day feeling like I've completely lost myself. I don't even know who this is. This is not me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. like who I've become. And Mm -hmm. just unapologetically shutting down, rebooting, seeking help and starting all over. And in the, even in the thick of it, it it was painful at times, but I would do it all over again Mm -hmm. just to be able to have this freedom and this peace and the the purity in my heart again and being able to recognize healthy boundaries and connections that are you know toxic or just things that I'm going through that's really not about anybody else it's just about me being mindful of what I need stopping and literally saying how do you feel today Mm -hmm. hey Leah do you want to do this I actually don't want to do that today Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and being very like I said unapologetic in what it is that I need in my soul. So mm-hmm. at this point, I um, just want to give that to other people. It, it's not a thing. Um, it's just supposed to be a norm, a normalcy. Like you're supposed to get up and just check in with yourself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then have some boundaries and have some tools in place and have a support system in place where you can also just not be okay. And, and it's totally, just- and it's totally fine. I, mm-hmm. I- I definitely want to say one last thing too, before we hopped off. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that being in the moment of that, of that hardness for many of us is where a lot of us tend to get stuck, right? You know, we feel like, where is this going? And anyone that you, that you look at and you see, they have some depth to them. You see that they have, you know, some levels uh, that they have grown into. They've been through something, Girl. right? <laughs> hey, yes, they've Lord. been through something. And, you know, even if when I go back and listen to this podcast, I'm going to be like, you know what? I could tell I've been through some things, but <laughs> I got through it, though, you know. Amen. And um, I think it's just it's, it's very important to know that those, in those moments, you know where you where your your soul is, is cries out when you when you you know have to go through a rebirth when when you have to you know deal with either a high level disappointment or things changing and mm-hmm. you just aren't ready for change or um, things being revealed. You know, twenty twenty has been a year of revealing at the highest level. Um, just any of those things, know that it grows you. You know, yes. if I. If I was to do this interview a few years ago, it would have been so shallow. Mm. <laughs> you know, it would have been, you know, heal the world, make it a better place. Yes. And here goes my top 10 books. And, you know, just, you know, I listened to some of my interviews mm. from a few years ago and I'm like, oh, it was cool. But yeah. I mean, you didn't you didn't leave impact. You didn't you didn't leave your fingerprint. You didn't, mm. you know, say something that that shook a soul or, or changed, yeah. changed a mindset. And, and now I can listen to myself. And and know that, you know, I was able to to take that growth 
and and turn it into something I could continue to keep sharing so I could continue living in my purpose. So, yeah, so it's just it's something I always just want to remind people if you. If you're going through some things, the other side is is so beautiful. That that yes. growth side is is such a beautiful space Phenomenal. when you get to it. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean when I when I realized I had lost myself, the takeaway from that is I had to save myself so I can better serve others. Mm. And um, it's an honor. I'm I'm happy God gave me a second chance to come back, new, fresh, and you know, doing a doing a new thing in a new way, mm-hmm. <laughs> and staying mm-hmm. humble, you know, about the experience and counting it all joy in spite of whatever it was that was difficult. So, thank you for saying that because that's a good way to just solidify and motivate those who are currently dealing with trauma that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole, can you share how people can contact you on social media or sign up for your amount financial programs? Yeah. Yeah. So if, um, if you're interested in amount financial, it's amount, A-M-O-U-N-T financial.com. And it's at amount financial on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, uh, if you're trying to contact with me personally, my social media handles is, is uh, Dr. Garner Scott, D-R-G-A-R-N-E-R Scott, um, and website's NicoleGarnerScott.com. And of course, we have lots of other projects and things that you can yes. tune into. And, <laughs> and, you know, we're creatives in our own way, so yes. stay tuned for more. We got some good stuff brewing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and for my listeners, feel free if I'm going to give away two free soul care sessions um, customized for you. So um, if you're interested, send me a DM on Instagram, follow me there and just leave a message saying that you heard the podcast and you're interested in a free soul care session. So the first two people will be gifted that and that is at teach love t-e-a-c-h-l-u-v teach as in teacher t-e-a-c-h-l-u-v on instagram and i would love to support you on this journey so thank you all for all of the love and support out there and be blessed